from the Mercy One Studio. Making it personal with Bishop William Johnson on Iowa Catholic Radio and iowacatholicradio.com. Welcome to Making It Personal with Bishop Johnson. I'm Kelly Mesher-Collins with the Diocese of Des Moines. On today's show, we're visiting with Catholic author Christopher Carsons. We'll be talking about his new book, A Devotional Journey into the Easter Mystery. But before we get to today's interview, let's find out what's on the Bishop's mind. Good morning, Kelly. And uh, here in the studio, we're a little bit more remote from each other than we typically are. Uh, Some say social distancing. I think uh, Father Tim Fitzgerald, pastor of Saints John and Paul in Altoona, I think rightfully calls us to say that you know we may be physically distancing ourselves, but socially and in the in the bond of spirit we're drawing closer than ever. And so I mm-hmm. think you know, kind of looking at our terms, and we get what our authorities are asking of us. And I think people with goodwill are generally complying in the state of Iowa. We want to be good neighbors to each other. Mm-hmm. But I also have a great sense of how people are moving through stages of uh, reality, consciousness, and, and grief, and all those mm-hmm. kind of things that are part of any process when our world is turned upside down. I borrow that title from Christopher uh, Carson Rowe's book on the Acts of the Apostles, World mm-hmm. Upside Down, and how Christianity met the Greco-Roman world. But uh, our world's been turned upside down by this coronavirus mm-hmm. and the life as we know it, uh, kind of something that uh, beyond our own doing, we might be wondering where God is in all this, and we believe very much God is with us. So God mm-hmm. is not the author. I know we're going to be reflecting in lots of ways, trying to make sense. But uh, there's something here between a mystery and and the the kind of void of nothingness in which we human beings stand. And so in the Incarnation, we believe very much Jesus enters into all that kind of chaos. Our, feel, our felt sense that world has been uh, turned upside down, but also our great trust and hope. And so, you know, if, uh, we hope our viewers won't be offended if we laugh a little bit here on this uh, 20th day. Uh, we're very conscious of, again, in our fa- practices of our faith, how things have also been uh, greatly transformed and uh, now kind of an imposed fasting that we've been experiencing mm-hmm. and the great love of the Eucharist that uh, people mm-hmm. have manifested, but also, you know, that longing. Uh, perhaps uh, grief, perhaps anger, as uh, the availability of the Eucharist has been greatly curtailed in response to our governor's request last weekend. And yeah, making the quick call, as I did in my role as bishop, kind of steward of the sacraments, and in no way is there a desire to be stingy or miserly in any way or to exercise control in a kind of hard way, but kind of with that open-handed sense of, God, what is it you're asking of us as we move into Mm -hmm. this kind of uh, crucible, if you will. I think we take great comfort also that... At any given moment, someone told me, and I'm not disputing these facts, maybe somebody will do a fact check on me. At any given moment in the world, given the number of priests around the world, there are 8,000 masses being celebrated at any given minute in the world around the clock. And so 8,000 masses, so the Mm -hmm. one sacrifice of Jesus... The Eucharistic mystery is surrounds us. You know, mm-hmm. we know there are satellites all around the world, the global mm-hmm. positioning systems that give our bearings for our phones and, and, and the, the kind of clock that we keep. But this dimension of time and space where it slips away, and uh, it's not just by remembrance, but actual presence of Jesus. So our churches remain open throughout mm-hmm. the diocese. Uh, we know that we're conscious that we can't gather in large numbers. But as though uh, some of our clergy and deacons are trying to to find ways, I think it ultimately comes down to that, except in the cases of Viaticum, for those who are on their last leg of the journey, that Jesus Mm -hmm. in the Eucharist goes with them on the way to, to, to the face of the Father. 
and then also in cases of, of the sick, but that we're not moving into a new kind of dispensary mode and, you know, the kind of take out Jesus at the Eucharist really doesn't kind of uh, honor what we do when we Eucharist. But certainly we can adore, uh, for many of us, even Jesus in the tabernacle is a beautiful way just to be before him in silence and other ways. So... I'm conscious of the sacrifice that many are making as now, you know, I don't, I'm a celibate. I don't have three kids at home and uh, what might be a long break that people have to take and uh, all those different things. Those who have to given up things that have given them life and passion, whether it's athletics, other performances, seniors in college, seniors in high school. And uh, again, the, the mark of the cross is all around this. So the world revolves, the world's turned upside down, but the cross remains the axis upon which we gain our perspective and hope. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and in return, we'll visit with Catholic author Christopher Carsons. You're listening to Making It Personal with Bishop Johnson on Iowa Catholic Radio on the Spirit Catholic Radio Network. Thank you, Blessment International, for their support of Iowa Catholic Radio. Everyone lives their life 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year. How we use that time directly affects if our life will leave a significant impact or not. Each year, Blessment International leads Central Iowans on a 12-day, all-inclusive experience sharing the heart of Christ with children in South Africa. Teams are forming to do something significant in an African child's life. Learn more at BlessmanInternational.org. That's BlessmanInternational.org. Is it time for a new roof? Then it could be time for you to get to know Bell Construction. Bell Construction is a roofing company entering its 30th year of business. They specialize in residential re-roofs, like commercial jobs, and have the experience to meet all of your roofing needs with personal service. With Bell Construction, the owner will come to your home or place of business in person to inspect and ensure the quality of work that you deserve. They pride themselves in working with you on a personal basis and making sure you are satisfied. Bell Construction, 515-963-4494. Welcome back. I'm Kelly Mesher Collins with the Diocese of Des Moines. You're listening to Making It Personal with Bishop Johnson. Our guest today is Catholic author Christopher Carsons, who will tell us about his new book, A Devotional Journey into the Eastern Mystery. Carsons is director of the Office for Sacred Worship in the Diocese of La Crosse, Wisconsin. And good morning. Good morning to you, Mr. Carsons. Good morning, Bishop. Thank you. And, uh, Conscious uh, as one who lived in Northeast Iowa for a, a long time, uh, but where exactly is Soldiers Grove, Wisconsin? <laughs> oh well, Bishop Johnson, it's right next to Gaze Mills, of course. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> it's about it's about an hour south of La Crosse, and maybe about forty five minutes from Prairie du Chien. Okay, so near that apple capital. That's the place. Yeah, so, and I understand that, you know, you you and your own household almost bump up against the 10-person limit that were asked of us as part of our kind of uh, gathering in not too large ways. Is that right? You're, you're right, you're right. We don't have to evict any of the children just yet, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, we're, we're up there. We have eight kids. Wow, beautiful. Your own culture of life right there. But, yeah. Uh, although as these weeks unfold, you may be tempted to evict a few. <laughs> I hope they don't vote their mom and dad off the island either. You're right. You're right. I hope so too. <laughs> yeah. So a new new way of being present. But uh, uh, you know, I guess the uh, book we're going to talk about that you've released here is something that I think has uh, even more timeliness, not just from the liturgical season, but where we are globally as well. A devotional journey into Easter, into the Easter mystery, and. Uh, this uh, strikes me as something kind of the fruits of your labors and your love, if you will, your role 
uh, with liturgy. Can you say a little bit about that? Sure. I, uh, so I work for the Diocesan Liturgy Office, and, you know, of course we do things like... Uh, Diocese of La Crosse. Yep. Diocese of La Crosse, right. Uh, you know, order chrism for the chrism mass and answer, you know, technical questions. But mostly what I do, Bishop, is to try to help people to pray better at the mass and at the liturgy. So kind of a liturgical catechist more than anything, helping, helping people to see what's really there before their eyes when they go to pray at mass. Beautiful, beautiful. And I think, you know... Some of here in the central Iowa have been very struck by the veil removed, the kind of video that was produced that kind of tried to open up this uh, concert, if you will, of our, our celebration of the, the Lord's Supper on earth and, and the, the Paschal Feast of Heaven. But uh, just as, you know, I had the opportunity to, to look through, but it's kind of a vade mecum, if you will, kind of with me on the way, not only through the, the season of Lent, but the various liturgies too. So it was helpful to be reminded of some things, and I was also instructed on some things that I did not know. You know, I was reminded of the leaping ahead of the calendar of the year, the, the, the actual you know, Julian calendar, that uh, there was a kind of 11-day gap that we kind of fast-forwarded. Yeah, it's, it really is ma- uh, amazing. First of all, about the, the veil removed, I, I was giving a talk, and I had a number of people come up and tell me, oh, just the things you're saying are very much like this video. You've got to go see it. And of course I did. And you're right, that's kind of the the model we're trying to do is to help people see what's behind the scenes. But in terms of time, you're right. I mean, the you know, we celebrate the, the Triduum liturgies at a certain time of year and Holy Thursdays at a certain time of day, as is Good Friday and the Easter Vigil. So time is a very important thing for us. And uh, our, our man-made calendar that Julius Caesar got going was at odds a little bit with uh, nature's calendar. And so we had to make up some time in the 16th century. So Gregory the Thirteenth, if I remember correctly, had to cut out about eleven days out of the calendar, and so we went from uh, I don't remember the year. Is this I think fifteen eighty two, if my note taking is correct. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> In fifteen eighty two, October fourth was followed by uh, October fifteenth, just to catch up our calendar time, our man made time with uh, with the sun and the earth's time. So. Because time is very important. It's, it's one of these sacramental signs that even though you can't see it, uh, it, ha- it brings with it uh, a real channel, a real access point to encounter Jesus. Okay, okay. Some of the themes, obviously, at the heart of all that you're talking about is uh, the Paschal mystery, and then this sense of bridge building as a kind of passing over, not only for the Israelites, but as, a, as a something that we uh, ourselves, as pilgrim people on the way. Right. I think, you know... Uh, I think a good analogy is that if you, you can know all sorts of things about the game of football, you know, the players and the strategies and the histories and the coaches and the rules and everything, but if you never really knew what an actual football looked like, you'd be at a true loss. And I wonder if sometimes this is uh, how we go to the liturgy. We know what the rubrics are and the readings and who does what and when, and, but we kind of miss the real thing, and that's this Paschal. Paschal means to cross over or to pass over, and it means Jesus' suffering, death, resurrection, and ascension by which he bridges this chasm that we've opened up between ourselves and God through original sin and personal sin. So Jesus is, is likened to this greatest of all bridge builders. He's called the Pontifex Maximus because he builds this bridge. And what Lent and really our whole lives are like are helping Jesus to build this bridge. He doesn't need our help, of course, but he, in God's plan, this is, he wants our help. And so Lent is this Passover, this bridge building from fallen earth glorious heaven, and that's the reality of everything liturgical. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, you speak of the kind of rhythm, the, the bridge building, the movement, and the, and the patterns that we seek in a kind of harmonious way. I think that's what we're all wrestling with right now. What This COVID virus, how does this fit into the pattern of salvation history? Obviously, the scientists and epidemiologists are looking for data-driven detection of patterns in this way. But as, as people of faith, as baptized persons, we already are re- recipients of a great pattern or rhythm from, from Jesus and from the Christians who've gone before us in, in a particular way. We also kind of use this term of tossing, baline, or if I, my mm. Greek is a little lame, but, uh, you know, and, uh, and liken that to the sacraments also. Yeah, this, this, I don't know any Greek either, uh, <laughs> fairly, but baline is We're a bunch of posers. We're a bunch of posers. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Uh, it means to hurl or to, or to toss, and it's, in English you'd hear it in the word ballistics. And uh, the catechism says that the diabolic one is diabolane. He's trying to throw himself across God's bridge so that we can't get back to heaven. Mm. Uh, but symbolane is throwing together, especially heaven and earth. And Jesus is the ultimate symbol. He throws together God and man, heaven and earth. So this is our, he is our point of access back to God. Now, he's passed over now his into sacraments. And so... When we receive sacraments, this is our bridge back to heaven. But, of course, during these times when we may not have access to the sacraments, we still have an access to Jesus, certainly in more spiritual means, but uh, uh, real nevertheless. And I think that's what lies before us with the Easter mysteries and the Triduum coming up is kind of a, like we have a spiritual communion. We're going to have to do, in many places, sort of a spiritual triduum. Mm-hmm. where we're joined our, our minds and our hearts and our souls and our intentions with Jesus, but not through the normal sacramental means, but in a more spiritual means. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we're going to find ourselves perhaps with greater interludes of time on our hand, uh, and uh, how are we going to fill that? I hope it's not for us just Netflix binging the whole time and tapping mm-hmm. out our, our favorite playlists and that, but uh, I think the encounter with Sacred Scripture where we meet Jesus, uh, I get no commercial plug even though I'm a regular contributor. The Magnificat, the publication I see is making available their app for free to everybody in English and Spanish through the end of May. So obviously uh, our Daily Bread and other great, uh, you know, the Word Among Us are great resources, but Magnificat.com slash free or Magnificat.com slash gratis are ways that people can have it accessible to them on their uh, smart devices. But uh, you, you said something in there that kind of piqued my curiosity. You spoke of reading Scripture as penance. Now, you know, I can remember, you know, seminary days where some of those kind of exhaustive historical critical studies uh, sometimes struck me as penance, but what do you mean uh, in a way that might be attractive to us? Yeah, well, again, this is, uh, uh, all my good insights, Bishop, have been stolen from somewhere else. This is, <laughs> this is one of them. Well, you, you, you do use footnotes, so, you, you know, it's, it's, it's academically legit. So. Okay. okay. Yeah, it's the catechism itself who talks about interior penance, and a penance is a a metanoia, a change of mind and a change of heart away from, oh, selfishness and towards God. And so in the most broad terms, the Catechism speaks of penance as really any of those things that can turn us away from ourselves and reunite us to God. And so it gives really a litany of things that we can do as, quote, penance that lead us to God. And praying the Lord's Prayer and uh, the Liturgy of the Hours and reading Sacred Scripture, these are all occasions of interior coming to unity with uh, with God. And so, you know, the, Jesus is the Word, and 
he's the the reality, the stuff within these scriptural words, and so to to read them with a spiritual mind and open heart is really to have a a face to face encounter with the eternal word, and so it's a sort of penance because it brings us closer to God in that way. Wow. Okay, that kind of opens us up in a way. Now, again, some catchphrases, and I hope you're okay with me just kind of pinging you with things. Sure. That, uh, but uh, another phrase that you kind of describe in relation to the whole Paschal mystery and things, it's kind of a lunatic reality. I mean, are Christians crazy, or what's going on there? <laughs> well, uh, fallen, <laughs> sinful people are crazy. They're, yeah. uh, but what, what Jesus is coming Bust, to busted. do is... <laughs> what Jesus is coming to do is make us sane, to make us healthy, to apply salve, which is what salvation is, is to, to anoint us so that we can become healthy again. Now, one of the things in the Triduum is the moon, the full moon, uh, and the the root of the word uh, lunatic is luna or lunar, which means the full moon. And so, our the Triduum is celebrated after on the first Sunday after the first full moon after the spring equinox. And so, it's when that kind of sickly moon is at its full power that Jesus arrives and conquers it. And from that point forward, the moon uh, wanes in its power and it decreases in its light because Jesus has overcome it. And so it's one of these symbols that uh, clear-seeing Catholics uh, have in front of them that, that speak to us of Jesus as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. As we look to the approach of, uh, you know, we're, we're cresting the halfway point here this uh, mm-hmm. Sunday, with Litari Sunday, and then we look uh, more immediately to Holy Week and, and all that's there. And most likely there, again, will be another kind of fasting that's asked of us in terms of not being able to be present during the Sacred Triduum or even for the larger gathering of the Chrism Mass, at least in the uh, Des Moines Diocese. I don't know what uh, your bishop in La Crosse has decided there as well, but the kind of humility that's part of that. And I'd never really used that, the, the, the liturgy really kind of prescribes the, the song for the presentation of the gifts on Holy Thursday, Ubi Caritas. That's one of the rare moments that the Church actually tells us what to sing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, Holy Thursday is called oftentimes uh, Monday Thursday from this word mandate, that Jesus gives you a command to love others as I have loved you. And so, all right, so we have this command from Jesus, and the Church says, well, how are we going to answer that? And liturgically, at least, it is to, to wash the, you know, the, 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 the bishop or the priest washes the feet uh, of people, but also uh, we bring forward gifts for the poor. And this, is, this is right in the rubrics for Holy Thursday, and we sing this special song about where charity and love prevail. And also at this Mass of the Lord's Supper, under normal circumstances, the Church asks us to take the body of Christ to the body of Christ who can't be uh, with us, the homebound. And so Holy Thursday is a great day to serve Jesus and his brothers and sisters. And, you know, if there's no Mass of the Lord's Supper, it still falls to us to try to find some way that we can respond to this great mandate that he gives us to love others. Mm-hmm. And the great humility on all sides, not only those mm-hmm. who wash feet, but those who have their feet washed in that mm-hmm. way. Um, you know, the Last Supper, again, the, the birthday of the chalice, and then the, the role of the priest, anointed uh, by the sacred chrism to act in the person of Christ the head. You call the priesthood maybe one of the most dangerous jobs imaginable, so that can kind of <laughs> rouse our attention as well. Yeah, well, maybe you can vouch for that personally. Too, uh, this what, week, uh, yeah, yes. <laughs> what a priest job, whether he's a Catholic priest or a pagan priest, is a mediator. He's he's trying to facilitate a reconciliation between uh, opposing parties, 
And this is very dangerous work. The priest steps into the breach. You think about poor Moses, you know, God's mad at the people, the people are complaining to God, and he finds himself the whole time, you know, just trying to mediate. Say, hey, no, 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 God, don't destroy them. People, please listen to God. Everything's, you know, come together. And so imagine stepping between sort of opposing warring parties is very, very dangerous. You're kind of straddling this great abyss. Uh, you're, you're the bridge builder. A priest is a pontifex. And so this is no enviable task. And I think this is why priests at Mass, they say, Orate fratres, pray for me. It's not an invitation to pray for me. It's a, it's a command, pray for me, as I sort of go behind the veil and try to sort this whole thing out between us and God. And so they say it's, it's dangerous because he risks falling into the abyss or being, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, as, you know, uh, creating more odds than uh, uh, reconciliation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that some of our Latin cultures, uh, and, and it's my experience too, that the, pondering the images of Jesus, pondering Jesus in the tomb, uh, pondering Jesus dead and, and, and that. So I think we engage all of our senses as we do that, but the liturgy offers us a kind of feast to the senses too, the, the stripping of the altar, capturing Christ's nakedness, the ways in which you know, we remove the shoes and the chasuble as priests uh, for the veneration of the cross, which again will have to be done in a different way this year. But uh, ultimately, this is leading us to that in-breaking life that, that is ours and Christians known as the living. You know, the, if zombies are the walking dead, Christians are to be the, the, uh, the, the walking living. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. I mean, what, uh, I, the one thing that really struck home to me personally writing this book is... Uh, We've got about 30 seconds. So the destiny that God calls us to. And it's not just to come and put Band-Aids on us. It is to recreate us in His image, which is a divine one. God wants us to be so fully alive, brimming over with his own divine life and power and radiance and beauty. That's the goal of all of this. And so it's a destiny that I don't think too many of us uh, appreciate. But God wants Christopher us Christopher Carson's A Devotional Journey into the Eastern Mystery, available through your favorite bookseller. Thank Impoverished you Impoverished children break everyone's heart, but poverty seems like such a big problem. What can one person do to make a difference? For 17 years, Blessman International's passion has been to connect the resources of our donors with sustainable programs that impact the lives of impoverished children in South Africa. Our donors are feeding thousands of hungry children every week, providing basic water and sanitation for impoverished communities, and sharing the love of God in practice ways every day. Go to www.blessmaninternational.org and make your donation today. Thank you, Big Red Q Quick Print, for underwriting the sports report. Family owned and operated since 1980, Big Red Q Quick Print is a full service print shop ready to help you with all your printing needs with speed and accuracy. Forms, manuals, brochures, letterhead, envelopes, business cards, custom invitations, design, and bindery. Big Red Q Quick Print, located across from Merle Hay Mall. Online at bigredq-demoine.com. Big Red Q Quick Print. We make printing easy. Welcome back. I'm Kelly Metro Collins, the Diocese of Moines. Great interview with Christopher Carson's. A lot of rich fare for reflection. Mm-hmm. I, I really think if people are feeling a little bit detached, that maybe this book can help uh, mm-hmm. be a bridge in its own right. Mm-hmm. He speaks about the Pontifex there. And his ultimate counsel to us, you know, as we want to be people who uh, intercede for the world, who help to not only live and become God in this way, that uh, we go back and to, to hell, and if you will, and come back alive. 
but his advice then to know where we're going, to see sacramentally, to journey with others, and to live as if we mean it. All the more, I think, this kind of intentional living here. We get so swept up in the busyness of all mm-hmm. that we're about. And, and it's not just pushing the pause button, but I think we can live even more authentically and be present to each other. Uh, not automatic, you know, even as I was visiting with my mom last Saturday, just being present to her. She was relating some things that I kind of had known and we'd shared before, but it kind of went deeper and it began to come hang together now in my mind and just appreciation for her story. And I think... Uh, our outreach to seniors, our, mm-hmm. our way of kind of making sure nobody slips through the cracks during these times. Uh, we may hear the stories again, but isn't that what we Christians do? We tell the story because ultimately we are drawn more deeply in uniting ourselves in that way. I'm appreciative of the many ways in which social media is helping us now. Uh, Kelly, you've got a hand in that all well. Uh, you know, the Wednesday and Friday Masses mm-hmm. from uh, St. Anne Chapel at the Cathedral. Now, I will, I will uh, beg to challenge you here as I took note of that uh, Mass on Wednesday that I celebrated. It was in reverse. <laughs> it was in reverse. I was making the sign of the cross with my left hand, which as a left-hander, I, I like to do. <laughs> but, you know, it was not some kind of anti-liturgy or even an orthodox <laughs> liturgy, so... I'm sure those kind of technical well, glitches will be ironed out. Well, I realize it was occurring after it already started, and there's no stopping mass at that point. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, <laughs> we'll get it fixed for the next time. I'm sure you will, but uh, I know that a lot of uh, parishes have Facebook feed uh, uh, a mass, Corpus Christi and Council Bluffs. Christ the King, Our Lady's Immaculate Heart, Our Lady of the Americas, and the list goes on and yes. on. And so we are not uh, shortchanged in viewing, even though we know it's a, it's, it's a spiritual communion mm-hmm. that's there. But, uh, you know, the church's great principle of ecclesia suplet, I think, is something that the church supplies, that, that Jesus is never outdone in generosity, and he gives us what we need. I'm conscious, too, of those, and I want to offer a word of encouragement and, and maybe comfort some, you know, find maybe having time on your hands is not always one's friend. You know, we have to beware of the, uh, the apatheia that can creep into us or that, you know, even social media can be an enemy of ours and, you know, our own disposition. So if we're not able to avail ourselves of God's mercy in the sacrament of confession, make that good act of contrition and believe that at the nearest opportunity God will flood you, but that as St. Therese encourages us, just climb up, climb up into the lap of the Father. Don't uh, feel as though now you're damaged good and you know you're you're left adrift on a on mm-hmm. a kind of piece of flotsam out there with no mercy around you. You're mm-hmm. surrounded by God's mercy, and to please trust in that. What's going on culturally, Kelly? Do we have any more time here? Are we got a few. Yeah, more? we've got a few things. Okay. Uh, well, globally, uh, obviously, everybody's been focused on COVID nineteen. Um, Brazil. Uh, at the Christ the Redeemer statue in Rio de Janeiro. Um, it's long been a symbol of God's love for the world. And um, the other night, they had all of the flags projected onto Christ the Redeemer, all of the flags of the different countries that are affected by the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, and so they posted that to social media. The archbishop celebrated mass at the base of the statue. And the church's message is solidarity, while the flags were projected on the Christ the Redeemer. Mm-hmm. And um, then just locally, we have a few stories. Kind of a temporary tattoo there for <laughs> yeah that's right it was pretty much all over the place but yeah <laughs> but um then we have a few stories of people who are reaching out to uh, you know the elderly that are in nursing homes one example is out of Syracuse Nebraska which is in our listening area uh, one family stood outside the window of their 96 year old grandma and um saying her happy birthday they wish her a happy birthday 
Beautiful, beautiful. Yes. So, uh, and, uh, you know, priests are fasting too, not having their, their assembly, their body of Christ with them in right. many ways. And uh, one priest, many of you, I think, have uh, seen on social media, Don Giuseppe Cobari from Robiano di Giussano in Lombardy, uh, he, felt, uh, he felt that loneliness. So, so we're doing okay here? Yeah, all right. And, uh, and so he asked his parishioners to send selfies of themselves, which he then taped to the chairs in the pew. So that was that was beautiful. This has been another edition of Making It Personal with Bishop Johnson. You can hear Making It Personal with Bishop William Johnson every week on Iowa Catholic Radio and iowacatholicradio.com.